0: Welcome to episode five of Two Please. I'm your host Abhin, and I'm your co-host Rohit. And on this week's episode, we're taking a deep dive into one of the biggest films of the late '90s, a movie, a little-known movie, starring Kate Winslet, Leo DiCaprio, and directed by the one and only James Cameron. This is 1997's Titanic. I am big. It's the pictures that got small. So Titanic came out in 1997 to critical and commercial success, uh, launching the careers of two uh, fairly small stars at the time and basically pushed them into the stratosphere. It helped revive James Cameron's directorial career as well. Um,
1: Also, I think apart from that, it was also uh, something that gave a lot of kids uh, a a very sound based memory trigger in the sense that even to this day, if uh, I'm woken up in the middle of the night and somebody just whispers in my ear, (laughs) you're going to go right right back to the movie. So I think one of the most evergreen and uh, everlasting songs, uh, on a movie soundtrack and in general, I think more so in India or at least for our generation because it was exactly at that point where, at least for me, uh, growing up, I had started watching movies, uh, paying attention to movies and uh, started venturing into English cinema. So uh, in that manner, uh, Titanic kind of hit the spot, uh, ticked all those boxes time-wise. So uh, for me, it it is one of those, uh, what do you say, watershed movies uh, growing up.
0: I think it makes sense I mean, if you were to remember the first big budget blockbuster you ever saw I pro- everyone I mean the people who grew up in our generation which was the generation that grew up in the 90s would probably say Titanic and then you would go on to say you watched maybe the Lord of the Rings film because in terms of scale uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of talk behind the film that they'd actually constructed huge sets there was even uh, they even built a massive ship to ground the film in reality in in its weird own way. I don't know, James Cameron was a complete lunatic. James Cameron is, yeah, he's a complete lunatic. The complete complete lunatic, yeah. So, do you recall watching the movie in the theater or do you remember watching it at home? Like, what is is the memory attached to it?
1: I recall watching it at home. Uh, I'm not sure, I don't remember if I watched it in the theaters, Um, but I definitely recall watching it at home. Because I was, what, I was six when it released. Yeah, so I think that bit of my memory is a bit hazy. I don't recall where I watched it, but I definitely recall watching it at home. Um, yeah, specific scenes for sure.
0: <laughs> no, I remember because a lot of the promo material had that uh, had that one specific scene we're talking about, especially the song. Which was skirting around, like, yeah, no, yeah. Which we'll we'll get to in its eventuality. A little bit like, it's obviously how can we not not talk about it, but. Right. Well, I think the film's success, especially for an international audience, was tied in with with the success of the song. Like, "My Heart Will Go On" became this love ballad for every '90s teenager, or just generally, it was on the airwaves everywhere. It it launched ad nauseum to the point where yeah, like
1: at this point, and I mean, I'm sure there was a phase somewhere a year, year and a half down the line, where people
0: were like, "Enough! Like, can this song please not go on anymore?" <laughs> It has found a new lease in life uh, to highlight sporting moments, because usually, if there is one, if there's a goal being scored, and usually there'll be oh yeah, yeah, there's that uh, like meme where yeah, there, yeah, there's a meme where it's like oh this the same goal, but it, it's much better with Titanic music, and as the ball hits <laughs> hits the back of the net or just someone hits, a, you know, like you know there's some his, basically a milestone <laughs> moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, listen, the mic peak. Stop doing that. <laughs> Okay.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, but yeah, I mean, yes. it's very hard
1: not to burst into song uh, when even that song comes to mind. You know, it's so ingrained; like, it's it's almost a natural response to start singing it or humming it.
0: It's a very karaoke song, also. Like, I feel if you are out uh, having drinks with a few friends, and you know, you reach the point of the night where you know there's no going back, and that's when you fully commit to. It's a great karaoke song, but one that you can only perform after a lot of
1: alcohol because you're you're not going to sound well. You're not going to sound good doing it. You need a lot of range,
0: which most people don't have. Don't. Yeah. It's like Serendian is hitting notes for fun. Um, Yeah. It's just like, it's uh, unfortunately not all of us possess that kind of talent or vocal chords. (laughs) so. But coming back to the movie, uh,
1: so I have a slightly uh, offbeat take on it. What I feel is that uh, the whole Kate Winslet and Leo DiCaprio, which is your Rose and Jack story, is uh, just an excuse for Cameron, which he also kind of admitted for Cameron to kind of Document the sinking of the Titanic, and he wanted to. uh, He wanted to have someone pay for his dive to go down and see the actual wreck. Mm -hmm. And then, in my head, the way I think Cameron approached the project was: okay, look, I need to go down and see the ship. For that, I got to make a movie. I can't just make a documentary about about this huge ship sinking over two and a half hours. So, fuck it, I'll just create these two new characters, make a love story, which is very universal. And, you know, that gives me an excuse to sort of make this movie and uh, give it a kind of human connection. And in the process, I think, uh, without his knowledge, he's created one of the most enduring love stories uh, of all time. Uh, I mean, of this decade, if not of all time. So, I mean, uh, an excuse kind of gave birth to this beautiful uh, story of Jack and Rose.
0: You mentioned you mentioned him diving uh, down to go see the Titanic. So I read this, this stat that, he has he spent more time with the Titanic than the than the than the people who were actually on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as morbid as that may sound, that's unless however very true. So when this film went into production, I remember it having a lot of issues when it went into production. They were it was severely over budget. I think it was produced by by Paramount or one of others, one mm. right?
1: Uh, paramount stepped in later i think because mm-hmm. initially they had overshot budget and paramount stepped in with an uh, incremental 60 million mm-hmm. uh and they said you have this 60 million if you overshoot this it's on you mm-hmm. uh, so I think that that's where that's the bit I had read so I think that bridge from 140 million to 200 million which the movie eventually ended up costing uh was the where paramount kind of stepped in
0: Okay, general consent general thoughts on this movie, Uh, what do you think of it as a film?
1: Okay, as a film, it's a nice movie, I don't think it has, uh, what do you say, I don't think it is something that should have won the amount of accolades and the amount of awards that it won, because at the end of the day, if you look at the bare bones of the story, it's not something very uh, elaborate Um, or very complicated. mm -hmm. Right, so it's it's a ship that's sinking. You have these two people who meet, and especially given the runtime, the theatrical cut is uh, almost three and a half hours. Given the runtime, the story does not justify that sort of runtime, uh, and the movie could have uh, done with a lot of editing, especially the interactions between. Uh, Kate its mom's character, Ruth, and that whole cabal of people who dine every day uh, and have their lunches and, and meals together. There's a lot of snippy back and forth dialogue. And I guess it kind of helps you to uh, relate to the characters more because the other thing about the characters of Titanic, I feel each of them are distinct uh, in their own way, in the sense that each of them have very uh, specific or rather very uh, distinct personalities And once this ship does start to sink, the way each of them react to it uh, also is a good reflection. uh, Or rather, it it ties back well to the personalities that have been established in the movie thus far. So all of that ties in well. It's just I feel it's overlong. The movie at its heart is a very simple story. And uh, I mean, it's a good movie. I wouldn't say it's a great movie. Uh, that, that's pretty much broadly my consensus about it. One thing I would like to point out though, uh, movies done a great job with the casting. Uh, in fact, more than uh, say the casting of Kate Winslet or DiCaprio or any of the other characters, the one casting that I thought was really bang on is Billy Zane as Cal. Oh, that guy fun. has the most astoundingly punchable face. Like this Billy Zane himself, is perfect he has a perpetual sneer on his face he, he looks like the kind of you know the upper class guy who's looking down on others because they're not uh in the same social strata as him that guy person like he's the personification of that sentiment i feel and i think uh his casting was so good and his performance in the movie was so convincing that sort of i feel subsequently damaged his career because uh he definitely got typecast into, uh, either he got typecast into those sort of uh, roles or whenever he tried to do something different, his image was so strong in people's heads and people the recall that people had, like, okay, this guy's a dick. Like the moment you see, I still, every time I see Billy Zane's face, I'm like, what a
0: dick. The thing is, you his know, that- star was, yeah, his star was on the rise at the time. I mean, he had phantom a year earlier than the, earlier or the year before. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he was <pretty> a <laughs> phantom. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. I'm also yeah. laughing about the fact that there was a Phantom movie for some reason, yeah, which uh, which and then where the skulls had like where the rings had magical powers. So if okay, little sidetrack. If anybody who knows the Phantom series, if he he has rings, two skull shaped rings that he punches people with, which leaves a permanent mark to know that you have been marked by the Phantom. But the movie, but for the producers, obviously that seemed to be quite boring, so they gave the ring rays, so the ring would would shoot out. Uh, rays and there was a whole skull ray. It was a very bizarre film. I watched when I was very young, so I enjoyed it. I was like, yay. But then ever since I've, I've re- recollected parts of it, I'm just like, okay. And that movie was made for you at that age.
1: like possibly, People like yeah. us at that age, yeah.
0: So Yeah, so Billy Zane came in, coming off The Phantom didn't really do well for his career. But Great Turn um, uh, Great turn in Titanic almost every scene that he's in you, he has this like he has this weird venomous almost like presence that you you just want to hate and
1: yeah and it's not so you know there's different kind of antagonists you have on screen some of them are menacing some of them are um, devious some of them are underhanded whatever Like right? you have this guy is just annoying like he, he's not physically intimidating he's rich with okay, in the context of the ship you're on might have some advantages. I mean, obviously he does have some advantages because of that at the end, but most of the time when he's on screen, you're just like, you know what, just, I want to punch this guy. (laughs) Like just get off the screen, stop talking, you're just annoying. So which in in a way also, you know, he's not a menacing villain. He's just uh, a persistent presence. Uh, It was something that he played really well, I thought.
0: Yeah, so he definitely one of the better casting choices. Um... Who is the Who else is in this movie? Wait, it's um, the the present day cast. It's um, what is that guy's name, dude? Bill Paxton. Yeah. Bill, pa- yeah, right. Bill Paxton. There we go. I was confusing him with Bill Palman. So, you no, know, Bill Paxton is also like this movie is pretty star started right? You've got it is yeah. yeah it, you've got some of like Billy Zane was no was no pushover in the '90s. You have Bill Paxton who was a major star in the '90s. And you had kind of unearthed this indie diamond in in Leo DiCaprio, who whose career would have taken this in, was about to take a massive jump. You know, there's a really funny story who is about who was being considered to play Jack initially. I'm I'm not sure because rather than I haven't discussed this before. But do you know who was first choice to play Jack? Don't say Toby Maguire. No, 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 no. Unfortunately, okay. oh, that, that, that would have caused problems. That would have caused problems. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it was, it, it was Matthew McConaughey who was supposed to play. All right, all yeah, right, was, all right. So Matthew McConaughey was supposed to play uh, uh, Jack and Stephen Doff, who was in Blade, who was the antagonist. In yes, Blade.
1: this I read. Right? I was yeah. very surprised to see. I mean, imagine if Stephen Doff had taken that role, right? I mean, having seen, uh, I don't know if you watched the third season of True Detective, he's done a stellar job uh, in that. And knowing the sort of capability Dorf has, if he had taken that role, the the what-if scenario there is very, very enticing to me.
0: Exactly, because yeah. that interview, which I think you and I have both alluded to, is where he mentions that he's, he's glad, he was glad he didn't take that role because he would forever be known as the boat guy. But unfortunately <laughs> for him, um, it's... Leo DiCaprio's career has been littered with different kinds of films that have that have all been milestones. I think Titanic just
1: helped him break the ice with audiences.
0: Uh, (laughs) Oh, this was the same. Oh, wow. This is I just realized this was the same year. We had two movies with a lot of ice jokes. One was, obviously, oh, right? <laughs> one was obviously I know the other one <laughs> one was, one was Titanic the other, one, the other one was uh, Batman and Robin uh, so the, the nipple suit one of course the nipple suit one the ice puns Umar Thurman's batshit crazy be cool uh, that is an episode by itself. I feel that is, we have to talk about, maybe we, we're kind of a little diluted on the superhero films for now, but maybe there will be a point where we talk about Batman's journey to Batman Begins because, oh shit, that has been yeah. very, very it's exciting. It's been a wild ride. Yeah, a <laughs> bit of a wild ride. But anyway, coming back to uh, the film once more. So yeah, relatively, you have Leo who came off um, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, played an autistic um 17 year old in that movie was as the basketball dies before that great performances he'd Both had movies, nominated yeah, yeah. yeah. he'd been nominated for um, for what's eating Gilbert Grape as well if I were to remember correctly didn't end up winning so you, his star was on the rise and then this was the film that made everyone sit up and take notice of Leo the, the personality because Leo, the actor was doing really well. And suddenly to a lot of our generation into people who are uh, a few years older than us. It made him very ubiquitous.
1: Like he was everywhere suddenly. Yeah. and no, He problem. already had the talent to back it. And suddenly he had the exposure to go with it. And I mean, when you have the two of them hand in hand, I, f- I feel that gave him that springboard to, and he's get, also get to be uh, the
0: next he's also very good looking. Like 97 Leo is a very good looking Leo. He's obviously boyish. He's got that weird floppy hair. He's, right. Right. yeah, so very. See that, I mean, I agree with you. It just felt like
1: I remember my initial impression when I was watching Titanic. I was like, uh, doesn't he look younger than Kate Winslet? And obviously when, when you're at that age, you don't have these conceptions of, uh, like nowadays it, the age is not as much of a factor, right? Two mm. people love each other, that, that's all there is to it. But growing up, uh, used to be like, wait, why does she look older than him? And mm. the, in my mind, I was like, there's this weird pedophilic vibe to this whole thing. Because if you remember, DiCaprio and Titanic looked really young. He looked like a boy, not like, a man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he'd, and Kate Winslet I think, for her age, looked a lot. I wouldn't say older but a lot more mature I think she's younger than him in the movie I mean generally at the she, was, I mean, at the time of shooting she was younger than him which is yeah, so, like I thought, which is, makes it even more uh, interesting
0: interesting yeah so and I think Leo broke I mean that whole baby face phase it took him a while to grow out of it because he had the beach yeah. immediately after which was also not the best he went from a one water movie to another water movie and uh, I, I like the beach. I think it's an, it's it's a fun film. I mean, in work. a way, if you look at it, it's the sequel to Titanic, right? Mm-hmm. The,
1: he washed wow. off Titanic uh, geography right. apart. He, he uh, zoomed from the Atlantic to <laughs> the Pacific through the Pacific Ocean <laughs> and ended up in Thailand. But, I mean. yeah. To me, to me, the beach is the spiritual sequel to Titanic.
0: <laughs> it's a great it did did wonders for movie that movie. Uh, Porcelain became really big off mm. that movie. So. But yeah, but yeah, so my thoughts on this film are that see when i watched it i i, I distinctly remember watching it in the theaters one of those big because so for people who grew up in bangalore i watched this i watched this movie movie at Urvashi. with my yeah, family quintessential
1: Bang- bangalore experience
0: <laughs> yeah exactly so i went we horrible parking experience back in the day still today as well um, yep. all yeah all of it and i remember it being very long because it was three and a half hours of like th- this word love story, which I was totally not into. And there were parts of the film where I was like, what is happening? And this is when I'm referring to initially where he offers to paint her. And mm-hmm. I was being very embarrassed by it, but I was very... You were watching uh, it with your parents? Parents, yeah, I was. yeah. It was a six-year-old you child. Really, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, so basically it was like, you know, there was... That was the point, part of the film that I was most uncomfortable with. But in terms of seeing a ship break in half as oh. it's sinking, yeah. So <laughs> that part was
1: so epic.
0: Yeah. See, like you can, people hanging on to uh, the edges as the ship uh, sinks into the ocean was terrifying right. and also exhilarating at the same time. I had never seen water effects in a movie. I had never seen, uh, I was. The, at points in the film i was genuinely the film does tension very well there's this whole sequence mm-hmm. where they go down into uh, into the rooms and water sweeps them both away where or if i'm if memory serves correctly and they're behind a steel shutter and he's trying to they're trying to unlock yeah. And the water uh, keeps coming up. Keeps coming up, yeah. Terrifying shit, dude. I'm like, oh my God, what is happening? That's a very
1: distinct thought I remember coming out of the movie. I was like, yep, I'm enrolling into swimming lessons right now. (laughs) I am not getting caught in this situation ever. (laughs) I didn't learn swimming eventually, by the way. I
0: still don't know, but yeah. Please learn how to swim, dude. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, also, uh, like you said, right, the whole ship breaking in half thing, you remember this one scene where one of those friends of that Jack's group, this is one guy who dies when one of those uh, towers falls on him. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching that
0: scene and my mind was blown. I was like, wow, that dude just got wiped out by a tower. This is amazing. Do you remember at what time the ship, they, they hit the iceberg, they hit the iceberg an hour and a half into the movie and it takes two hours for the ship to crash. I'd... It
1: takes two hours, 40 minutes for the ship to crash, which fun fact also is exactly how long the original Titanic took to crash. So okay, James yeah. Cameron made a very uh, conscious uh, effort. I wouldn't say effort, uh, made a very conscious attempt to try and match uh, the, the part of the movie dedicated to the sinking of the ship in line with how long it took. So it was once the ship hit the iceberg, it was more like a real time sort of documentation of its sinking.
0: What I really like about the film is, especially when it's setting up, right? There is there are whole sections where it goes through each layer of the ship. You're introduced to uh, the the upper mm. class. You're introduced to the working staff. You're introduced to the people who work in the boiler boiler room on the coal. You're introduced to uh, the crew. You're introduced to the people who are who are sailing on a cheap ticket. So there are levels right. to each, and so there is a there's some sort of familiarity that you establish with each rung. So to say, of, of society on that particular um, right. that little world that they've built on on the ship. So when things start to go to hell, bit by bit, Ooh. it starts. the impact on you is you, is much more felt uh, rather than in a situation where you would not have seen those things. Right. Maybe the film could have been half an hour shorter. Maybe that whole uh, the, the establishing the difference in class bit could you know could have been trimmed down a little bit. And I think think you're right about it.
1: Which it still does very well, though. Like, yeah, is one of the better representations of of I've seen of classism. Uh, one is obviously upper class versus lower class or middle class. Uh, It's also a great representation of uh, old money and new money within the upper class. I feel Uh, Rose and her mom, if you see, uh, they come from old money, but they are currently on the verge of being broke, which is why she set up the whole marriage and all that. And Mm -hmm. Kathy Bates' character is more new money. She's discovered some oil or I don't remember the exact background, but she's new money. And they've also shown that contrast as to how uh, old, old money people approach uh, uh, interactions or their mannerisms are different versus New Money. The Kathy Wade's character takes much more, a uh, much more of a liking to uh, Jack's character because she herself, having come up from, uh, in the words of Drake, started from the bottom. Now uh, she's there, so uh, I think she empathizes a lot more and uh, with his character than than you know people who've accust- who've been accustomed to wealth. I think even that dynamic they showed really well in the movie.
0: I. I quite I didn't realize I was Kathy Bates. I'm <laughs> just like, oh, shit. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the star cast event. is pretty stacked. Yeah, definitely. I think the the star cast is, it, it's no, it's not a cheap cast by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. I swear, um, some checks were written. <laughs> Explains why the film was, I, I don't think James Cameron gets to make this movie had he not delivered the hits he had in the past. I don't think this movie is possible without... I don't think this movie is possible without those absolutely
1: even despite that I think he had to uh, you know he had to run around a lot to get the funds together and convince enough people and I think uh, Fox uh, there was a conversation he had with Rupert Murdoch I think I don't know what the uh, what the intermediaries were but at the end of the day Fox had invested a huge chunk of their money into uh, Titanic and when Rupert Murdoch met Cameron face to face Cameron just looked at him smiled and said I'm sure you must hate me but uh, I'm, I, let me assure you that uh, our, our movie is going to make a lot of money and Murdoch straight face look, looked back at him and said um, it better otherwise you and I are both going broke and at that point for the money that uh, Fox had they'd actually kind, kind of like put a lot of their uh, eggs into the titanic basket so very fortuitously for them or rather un- unfortunately given what fox is today yeah. uh, unfortunately uh, titanic proved to be a massive financial success
0: now we we'd get to the aspect of the the dynamic between rose and jack you know everyone talks about this it's very bollywood in its in its essence where you know yeah, yeah poor guy a rich girl Fall in love, families have an issue with it, but the Hollywood aspect is oh, here's this blooming ship that's sinking. Uh, you have to put it, and I think way. the whole uh, love
1: I would talking about triangle because Cal isn't in the picture, but the whole dynamic that the two of them have might still hold some novelty for Western audiences because an out and out love story like that is still. Uh, not very common, but I'm guessing Indians, a lot of the Indians who would have watched it would have been like,
0: Arey, ye toh apna hi hai boat pe. <laughs> and then yeah, so I'm I'm genuinely surprised there wasn't some sort of a remake. Yeah, just, I mean yeah, the, I think budget-wise, I, budget wise people yeah. would have balked
1: at it. Like yeah. I can give you a, a, a boat which yeah. has like 10 people uh, capacity, do what you can with it.
0: Yeah, so I think we should talk about uh, the production
1: behind the film. So absolutely, I was just okay. getting to that point. The, the point yeah. that you mentioned, which uh, you know they've they've uh, they've devoted a lot of time uh, taking us through the ship, showing its various levels and the different kinds of rooms and facilities and all of that that it has. I think uh, obviously it serves to also make the boat another character in the movie because having spent so much time in it and having seen so many facets of it when the boat sinks at some level you also feel bad for the the ship sorry not the boat when the ship sinks uh, you also feel bad for the event on its own regardless of the characters that are suffering as a consequence and also the the production the the quality of production design on the movie just outstanding as in
0: right from the Excellent. grand
1: staircase to the the tables the cutlery the attention to detail I think the only movie which would rival it uh, in terms of attention to detail is the Lord of the Rings series because Peter Jackson is that sort of perfectionist, and so is James Cameron. You yeah. need somebody with a crazy streak for perfection, not even normal. This is an abnormally crazy streak for perfection to get this sort of detail in your production.
0: Like Cameron, Cameron walked so Jackson could fly. Essentially, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the funny thing is the entire the ship cost more than. The actual Titanic to uh, to reconstruct because the ship was the budget of the film is about 200 odd million the tita- the actual Titanic if adjusted to inflation would have cost 150 million as of today so Cameron went uh, <laughs> at, at
1: some point alarm bells should have rung right like uh, somebody at Fox or Paramount should have gone guys the ship didn't cost as much as this movie like what are we doing here <laughs> Very very I mean, again, com- coming back to the point, if the movie had not worked, so many careers would have ended.
0: It it would have been a massacre if the movie had not made the money. It oh, did. Dude, I, I think Cameron would have been done because that was that was a gamble and a half. You know, when you put yeah. it all on the line like that, that is it takes true guts to do what what that guy did. He, they built a studio on the California. They built a pool in uh, in California. What to to do the water scenes, true. Um, yeah, so I, I'm not sure if they built a life like a, a model size. They, they did build a model of the ship breaking in half, which is what is used in the film, and then they used some sort of CGI over it. Once again, I could be um, a little hazy on the on the details, but in like no, they left no stone unturned to make that movie what it was. And as great as the production was, it also had. Some terrific performances, which we've alluded to earlier on in, in the podcast. Kate Winslet and Leo DiCaprio have phenomenal chemistry together. It's one of the, one of, you know, your. It's possibly one of the more quintessential romance stories to come out of that era. It,
1: and true, even. True. And like after, you said, very easy chemistry. Yeah, you, even. You, after, it's very believable it, to see them fall in love.
0: Even after we're we're gone, I think it's one of those love so is that, that transcends time there will always be someone who's like oh that's that seems like a very rose and jack moment it's very corny but it it somehow stands the test of time like oh i, I believe these two are really into each other they haven't done a lot of work after because i feel that the more they, there's a lot of mutual admiration for uh, for each other i because i is think they're best
1: friends now yeah no.
0: yeah so when, when Leo won his Oscar for The Revenant, Kate was crying on the, in the front row.
1: Mm.
0: So... The only other
1: movie that they then did together was Revolution Road? Revolutionary, Revolutionary
0: Road. Yeah. That's the yeah. only other film they've done together. So I think they've both avoided picking the same films
1: because... I mean, can you imagine being on the set of Revolutionary Road? Is this like, There must have been a rule, right? No fucking Titanic references. <laughs> We're here to make this movie. Let's make the movie and get the fuck out. <laughs>
0: I'm sure each and every interview that every time they show up on the red carpet somewhere, someone's going to ask her a question. Why didn't you do this? But anyway, so there's when we're introduced to the characters, we're introduced to to the characters in a scene where Rose is about to take her life. She, She doesn't want to be married to Cal. She's very unhappy with her mother and she's contemplating jumping off the ship. And that's when Jack comes and talks her down and thus begins this friendship. Where he says, "I'll show you what a really fun time is." He takes her down to the to the quarters. They have a great song and dance. There's a lot of build-up. Mm-hmm. There's even obviously the the now infamous, rather, what what is it? Infamous? It's pretty legendary. Which is the "Paint me like your like one of your French girls" scene. Main. So I, I read I read something, and if you have children listening to the podcast, please cover your cover their ears, like our parents did when we were watching the Titanic. So. <laughs> The film opens with regards to that painting. They find a painting in the Titanic, and then they uh, and then they clean it, and it turns out, and it's like it's a girl, and Rose in the present day says, "Oh, that girl." She makes a call, says, "That girl is me." So it really is what kickstarts the entire film, like the, or the premise of mm. Rose, of the story of Rose and Jack. As the film builds, you you start to see completely unrelated to what's happening with them. Their their love story has no. In no consequences on the ship going in, hitting an, an iceberg, a blooming iceberg in the middle of the ocean. So when that happens, everything's like everything is pushed into.
1: Um, the the tone of the movie shifts. Yeah. Like, so instantly.
0: Yeah, that when when that happens, the tone shifts drastically, and it, from a from a love story with. With some sort of stakes, it becomes a survival movie, and right. yeah, and I think that's where Cameron excels. He's excellent at doing action pieces. So I don't know if I don't know if you've seen Aliens. Have you seen Aliens? Mm-hmm. Have you seen no, Alien?
1: I've seen Alien.
0: So so Alien is obviously very dark and it's it's it's, a, it's more of a horror
1: movie, horror movie. I've, I've read that aliens is more of an action movie set in a horror
0: yeah, what pretty, do you say universe pretty much and for me like I'm generally kind of a, a purist when I like okay keep the keep the franchise to in its roots but mm. I love aliens aliens is my favorite of the three of or of the four five that we currently have. And I I think I've lost track at this point, but yeah, I, I yeah. get what you're saying. Yeah, aliens. In terms of once again, in terms of scale, there is one very distinct shot uh, I remember, and this is and it's nowhere in any the other alien films, and it's a very Cameron thing where Newt and who's the, who's the baby and uh, what and and Ripley, yeah. So Newt and Ripley are walking through water, and the tail of the mother xenomorph flashes up behind them it is a great shot like it it's and mm. this is obviously pre-cgi right? a lot of it was in camera a lot of um stop motion and there's a whole right. blooming rig yeah it's it's so cameron has established that he's very good at doing in action uh sorry in camera live action um stunts mm. or, or set pieces and it's f- fully on display here the whole water crashing the stairwell sequence, they had they had to do that scene in one take they right, because they knew you can't do that again again, yeah. like they knew everything was going to be destroyed, which is heartbreaking yeah, yeah. for me because as someone who's like who's who appreciates uh, art design and who appreciates architectural and movies, and I, and I look back at that scene and I watch it, and I think to my God, think to myself, holy shit, all of this they they built it up to destroy all of it. In, can
1: you imagine can the be, guy who
0: made the stack? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that night he
0: went home and cried. He or she went home and cried. Oh, well, there's... there's uh, yeah, and as much as there's a lot of, you know, people, a lot of people falling off the ship, there's a lot of um, huge, big set piece actions, at, uh, uh, basically big set pieces at play. There, it's also punctuated by these little subtle moments, uh, which include the the band playing as the ship sinks, Mm. Mm. very beautiful. I I quite found that yeah, very beautiful moment. And of course, the owner of the ship who who says who sends everybody else. He says it's not. It was never meant to sink. Right. And he starts to put people in lifeboats because he feels. So there are a lot of uh, real-life
1: characters uh, that have been portrayed on screen as well. So if you recall, there's this one old couple who yes. decides to uh, stay in the room and hold hands and die. And those yeah. were apparently the uh, founders of Macy's in the yeah. US.
0: Uh, yeah, oh, I, I read about. Uh, this I think this I,
1: well, yeah. I, Ira and I forgot his name, Ira and some Macy. So hmm. again, I didn't know this bit. Very fascinating to read.
0: So I, I love how that he's—they've done enough research to go. Pull real-life people who were on that trip, and add characters who may not have as much dialogue, but they've given them em- enough development to have some sort, you know, to have some sort of pathos. Where you're like, oh shit! As much as you hate Billy Zane, even when he, when he, no, Billy Zane survives. Billy Zane survives, which yeah, yeah. also
1: <laughs> makes adds to the uh, the hatred you have for the character. Like, yeah, this guy <laughs> of all
0: survived because Rose elects to stay on the boat uh, on the on the ship because she jumps from. The boat onto the, mm-hmm. onto the ship. Yeah. Okay. Uh, apologies. I haven't seen the Titanic in a while. So, and and there's a reason for it because New Year's Eve, 1999, 2000, I was home alone and my parents had traveled to Uti, and this was one the one day where, where Star Movies was our local cable channel. They played the Titanic on loop all day, and I watched the film five times. You're done with Titanic. Yeah. So way. I I have seen the Titanic sporadically. Twice in the last twenty years because I had seen it five times in a row to an to, to an extent where I I am able to recall scenes from that film vividly because I've seen it that many times when it first came out I was very impressed by it and that's a sad New Year's, dude. Yeah, I was Sorry but <laughs> just sitting at home watching Titanic on loop. Yeah, no, I know. I felt really bad, and I'll and I'll get to why I felt bad. So. <laughs> I am, So I'm like all of seven, eight years old and rooting for Jack Yo, and Rose. I just have a question. And, and at that age, did you by any chance
1: hope that maybe this time they won't hit the iceberg?
0: <laughs> maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I could possibly, could not. Maybe, I, I think at that point I had realized movie is a movie. So like, it's not the outcome. going to change. So, yeah, so I, I feel there was a, a love story I was very invested in as a child. And I think, a part of me is still very fond of it, maybe because of the time that it was. You know, we were very young. We'd been introduced to this weird lovey couple that was also creepy because they were doing like to us at the time naked shit. So yeah, just, uh,
1: yeah, which which I'd mentioned to you on chat as well when we discussed doing this movie. There is the aspect we have to address, which I'm sure for a fair bit of our generation, Titanic. I wouldn't say it was the sexual awakening of our generation because we were really too small. Puberty was yeah. in a distant thought in our minds. But uh, uh-huh. I don't know it, it. It gave a lot of people a weird feeling in the stomach. I feel.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. So like that, that whole sequence where the hand on the car in in the storage room yeah. is it was definitely a moment in film. Where and I
1: remember exactly where I was the first time I saw that scene. Or really do player play do tell no no I mean I was at home I'm just saying I, I recall <laughs> that moment i I wasn't yeah. like anywhere outlandish, but because I recall uh, watching that scene it was on v h s we was uh, watching it at home on v h s and I remember watching that scene uh pausing it and then stepping out into my balcony for a minute just wondering what was what just happened what was happening on screen and what am I feeling right now <laughs> I vividly remember having that thought. So yeah, Yeah, like you said, it's definitely a moment in cinema.
0: Yeah. But that, that whole sequence where with that, the hand on the, the hand on the car window again is as an iconic image from the film. There are several iconic images from this film that you could, yeah, that you can associate with. Okay. So now that we've addressed everything else,
1: we need to address the elephant in the room. Okay. And you know what I'm going to talk about. Of course. Why could they not at least try for both for the two of them to get on the door? Because it's... See, I magic. understand. See, mm. there's a lot of backing. No. Okay, wait. I get that. What I'm saying is you don't have to put the two of them on the, on the door. Fine. You need Jack to die because uh, if this love story is tragic, it's eternal and all of that. I get that. Mm. At least show them. Try it. I don't remember. Do they even show him, try to get on it and then... Fall no, back no, no. Or... He doesn't even try like dude you're in the atlantic middle of winter self-preservation at the very least you would try you'll just be like rose so i sol- just please <laughs> can, can you scoot a little to the left let me try once at least okay then it's not working fine rose you live i'll die here he's like yeah i'm not even interested i'm happy to die here you stay on the door and that is, they should have, it, it, I mean, it's anyway three and a half hours, right? What's one minute more of him trying to uh, kind of get on the door and fail? They could have at the very least done that.
0: Of course, after all that they've been through, that was, maybe it's a very 90s thing because he says, he says, oh, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. And you can see him shiver and she not for once does she say, get on the door, bo- get on the door. Yeah, I mean, Rose is a so <laughs> cold <called> bitch, dude. <laughs> And Jack is just cold. Poor oh, guy. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not once did she offer, right? She's just like, yeah. yeah, cool. Like, if you're okay, I'm okay.
0: And she passes out, right? Does she? I yeah, she passes. She, she passes out, and then she wakes up, and then she sees him asleep. Uh, she sees him asleep on, uh, on on the on the edge of the door. Then she tries to wake him up, and. She doesn't wake up. What was she up.
1: expecting? Like, what was she expecting? She's passed out for like ages. He's in frigid waters. And she gets up. She's like, oh, maybe he's just having a nap. He just needs
0: to be woken up. And there's that. And then when she lets him go, that's a very haunting image. Now that you put it back in my head, because of him the, disappearing, the into, the, and, yeah, yeah, him disappearing into the water. Yeah, him disappearing into the like, Oh shit, that's that's actually quite. I crazy. think for
1: me that was the saddest part of the
0: movie. It I was, was like, yeah. oh man, no. A little did we know. <laughs> no. yeah. Oh, Leo DiCaprio died in this movie. <laughs> here, here are five more. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he made he made a career out of dying, of being the tragic hero. Does he doesn't. Mm. Have you seen The Man in the Iron Mask? Does he die in that too? No, I think eventually he becomes the king. Oh,
1: okay, so I he mean, even even he has a double role in it. Obviously, he the good guy, the man in the iron mask becomes the king, not the annoying king who was a brat. Mm -hmm. He gets gets put into the jail instead, if I remember correctly. So that's the whole. Yeah, so uh, that... In fact, two Leonardo DiCaprio survive in the movie. That's a bonus.
0: Oh Oh my, wow. It's like (laughs) he made made up That's that's rare. (laughs) So so rare these days. So when, when that scene happens in the movie, instantly all of us were like, what? How could she... Like, how did that happen? How could she do that? Why didn't she... And maybe I wasn't thinking of it at the time. I was like, why did not you just pull him onto the door? And it never occurred to me. I think I was so wrapped up in the whole romantic idea of them. I like, oh, okay. And, that, and I feel Cameron was there too. And where Cameron was like, you know what? It's going, to, it's going to be fine. People are not going to have access to internet for another six to seven years. So no one is going to say <laughs> shit. <laughs> and, and
1: I just realized one more thing. Yeah. Sorry, continue. Al. No, go on, go on, go on. What, the other thing they could have done. They could have taken turns, man. Like five minutes, you be in the water. Five minutes, I'll be in the water. The five minutes that I'm on the door, I'll I'll do like warm up exercises, keep myself warm. They could have done a
0: million different
1: things. Like they
0: could have, if they could have piled up bodies. Maybe Jack was se-
1: secretly suicidal all along. It's like this is my chance.
0: Oh god, that's just horrible. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that 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 for me is more plausible than what eventually played out. I get what it serves for the story, but. Uh, yeah, logically doesn't check out for me. And for somebody who's a perfectionist like Cameron,
0: yeah, I'm like, surprised he seems was... like a
1: bit of a departure.
0: Yeah, I feel he went he went for the emotional gut punch in that scene where he's like, you know what? Screw yeah. it. I want I, I want to kill him because here we have we have built these characters. Oh dude, he doesn't he he died in his previous movie as well. I'm sorry. Romeo and Juliet was the year before, right? Then he dies in that as well. Romeo plus yeah. Juliet, not the Bas Yeah, The best woman. Woman. yeah. Oh, have you
1: seen it? It's the entire movie is modern setting, but it's sing song.
0: Yeah. No, it's in, it's, it's more, yeah, it's modern settings, but it's. Uh, and Shakespeare it's, and lines in, Shakespeare-
1: in sing song. Yeah. So I've oh, seen half an hour. I was like, what the fuck is this crap? No, okay, so,
0: <laughs> it's, it's very out there. Very, very out there. It's too.
1: Yeah. When it's. Mean, I mean, that's Bas yeah. for you. When he hits it right, he does. Otherwise it's.
0: Mm, it's like weird, but yeah. So when see uh, Cameron basically trades logic for an emotional gut punch and I think it works because we so at this point you have a lot of love for DiCaprio but when he sinks to the bottom of the ocean that just shoots through the fucking roof where you're just like oh my god true yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. It,
1: like it did cements it this as a romance for the ages because of his sacrifice Sorry, in my head, I'm just stuck with the image of Jack and Rose doing jumping jacks on the (laughs) screen. It's warm now. I can't get the image out of my head. (sighs) But yeah, I know, I know, I know. I I, I get why he decided to go that way, take that route. Mm. But yeah. Uh, Okay, so I have a game. I've been cool. What I'm going to do is um, I'm going to state something as fact, right? You have to tell me if that's true or false and uh, i mean through this i just want to like discuss the more interesting trivia bits in the movie cool okay so so you mentioned that james cameron is a perfectionist which he is uh, but apparently the the scientist uh, neil degrasse tyson uh, more famous for the uh, look out we have a badass in here meme among other things pointed out that uh, the stars in the sky on the date the, uh, that the Titanic sunk, or the preceding dates of the year 1912, the way Cameron had shown the stars in the sky were not accurate to how the the, the stellar map of that day should have been, and that was an objection that um, that Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, raised on Twitter, and apparently Cameron got pissed off and decided, you know what, if that's the level of perfection that you want, he. Edited that he edited the correct stellar map onto uh, the movie print, and subsequent prints went out with the right uh, star map, so to speak.
0: True or false? This is false. I mean, wait, when did he say this? So, ooh. this
1: is in fact true. <laughs> what <laughs> happened was that <I> <laughs> sometime in 2007, 2008, on I don't ooh. recall the like, Mm-hmm. The exact year Twitter was around. I know that much because uh, that I think Neil deGrasse Tyson, yeah, Neil DeGrasse Tyson and- raised this on Twitter saying, uh, Cameron, you were supposed to be a perfectionist. Uh, why are the stars all wrong? And I think uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson falls in your bucket. He's seen Titanic way too many times. So look at <laughs> stars in the sky look. There's uh, a million other things for you to look at, man. <laughs> 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 so that happened so that's uh, that's uh, a, a true fact okay, okay I have one more for you cool so in an interview uh sometime around the release of Avatar, which was again two thousand eight two thousand nine nine yeah two thousand nine okay. because Avatar had uh themes of uh you know the new world people again like it has that parallel to pocahontas right the new world people coming yeah. in and exploiting the resources of uh, the existing inhabitants etc in that vein in the interview james cameron apparently said that titanic was also an allegory uh, the ship represented uh, the industrial age and industrialization and iceberg the iceberg represented the force of nature And uh, the fact that the iceberg kind of took the ship down is an allegory for nature fighting back against climate change and Mm. how the industrial age is precipitating destruction of nature. And eventually we're going to feel that pushback from nature and it's going to destroy us. True or false?
0: I feel... I feel this is bullshit. I call it bullshit. Maybe Cameron did say this. Yeah, this is utter
1: bullshit. <laughs> this is, yeah, yeah. These people don't care about climate change.
0: <laughs> I feel this is pure bullshit. I mean, they okay. have
1: their own spaceships. They all, uh, your Bezos and Musk's of the world are going to move to Mars in like ten years. These people you don't know, care about climate change. Just say one more. Okay. Okay. So one more. Mm-hmm. The famous, now famous drawings of uh, Kate Winslet uh, that are there in the movie. Uh, was apparently the handiwork of uh, DiCaprio himself who uh, happens to be uh, a great artist as well as uh, I mean g- great at drawing as well as at acting so he didn't, he didn't really have to act he was actually drawing her in the movie true or false so
0: so this I know this is actually Cameron who drew it but Cameron is left-handed so he mirrored the image on uh, uh, He mir- like he flipped the image basically so it shows as if he's being as if he's being drawn by the right hand so it's Cameron's hand that is drawing the painting
1: not bad, not bad, you got me. <laughs> I mean, clearly, yeah. I can't bullshit my way out of
0: everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have watched Titanic five times in one day. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. I'm gonna get a t shirt that says number one Titanic fan in 2000. <laughs> okay, so uh, one more. No.
1: So there's this famous Picasso painting. uh, Le Mademoiselle Davignon, mm-hmm. which is this, uh, it's a proto cubist, as in there is a progenitor of the whole cubist movement, shows these uh, five prostitutes uh, who are uh, soliciting their services on the street, Avenue Street, or, uh, the area of Avenue, I'm not exactly sure. Mm-hmm. Cameron wanted to include that painting uh, being on the ship and sinking along with the ship, but Pablo Picasso's estate. Uh, Decided that they did not want. So sorry, I, I don't know if I mentioned. It's a Pablo Picasso work. Yeah, you did Pablo Picasso's estate objected to this uh, being in the movie because they did not want to show such a priceless work uh, going down with the ship. And uh, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Mademoiselle D'Avignon is one of, is in the list of one of the most expensive paintings of all time. So it's a very famous work. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the agreement that James Cameron had with the uh, state of Picasso is that fine we'll take it out of the movie uh, and respect your sentiment but eventually uh, Cameron when the movie went to print Cameron just decided screw this I'm keeping it in the movie and uh, that that is what finally remained in the movie true or false false I don't
0: remember it being in the movie
1: no it is in fact true Uh, I think Cameron at this point was uh, what with the stars and all of that I think Cameron was just like screw you all I want to keep this painting in the movie I'm keeping it in the movie uh, be damned I mean Picasso's estate be damned so the, the very famous painting does make a very brief cameo in the movie
0: oh shit I didn't even know I mean it's 2008 year old me evidently <laughs> 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 not much into art at the time okay so, yeah, two I mean, last. okay cool Then,
1: sorry I know there's a whole bunch of this but uh, yeah, let's I'm do it, just let's enjoying yeah Fucking with you in the sense, giving you some <laughs> bit of bullshit and then <laughs> some bit of truth in there. Okay. Okay. So uh, on the last day of sh- shoots, uh, what happened was apparently one of the uh, people who had been fired from the caterers caterer service uh, wanted to spite their ex-employer and uh, make it a very bad experience for the cast and crew. So they spiked the food on the last day with PCP. The drug PCP, which makes you, uh, which generally gives you a very bad trip and makes you hallucinate and makes you feel like you're dying and your limbs are getting cut off and makes you vomit and stuff like that. So apparently the last day of uh, the shoot, everyone was on PCP. Everyone was <laughs> losing their shit. Cameron was vomiting. Kate Kate, and Leo were in dire straits. And the only reason that the lady, uh, Gloria, whatever, the, who plays the older version of Rose... The only reason she survived was because she'd eaten at home and come. True or false? True.
0: I think this is true.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's way too much. It's yeah. Nobody can bull- bullshit this much, right? It's too, yeah, very too much, yeah. <laughs> weird to not to be false. So yeah, this actually happened, apparently. And uh, uh, when uh, James Cameron realized that he was seeing stuff, he decided to purge it, told a bunch of people to do the same. So this crazy PCP episode happened on the set of Titanic which I had absolutely no idea about until uh until I did the research for this episode. Holy shit. But yeah, imagine that, right?
0: <laughs> imagine they were shooting and then it kicked in then and like oh, I like I would have loved to see the the, the dailies from that day, you know, where it's just like oh someone is Yeah, everyone's oh, spaced he, out, everyone's like, living. "Oh my god, who
1: is that? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, what is Titanic? What shoot are you do you think you're on?"
0: James the ship is crashing and we know the ship is crashing no it's actually crashing
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh by the way speaking of Jesus I also have a theory that this movie was also Zack Snyder's awakening oh really? Uh, call, call back to the whole Jesus thing that we discussed in our first episode
0: <laughs> yeah listen to that please if you haven't already James <laughs> plug okay so uh, final thoughts uh, I mean we need to talk about it's the deception and it's and it's Academy of run. so
1: Go for it if you have
0: anything. Happening. Yeah, no, it, it won straight nine straight Academy Awards. It was nominated for nine, one nine or eleven. Oh shit, nominated fourteen, won eleven. So the film came out massive commercial success. Was one of the first few films to hit a billion dollars. Probably hit a billion dollars. So yeah, uh, first and, film to hit
1: a billion dollars.
0: Yeah, first and also nominated for fourteen Academy Awards, won eleven, including Best Picture. Didn't win any of the acting honors, but I think they were both nominated. Uh,
1: Winslet and they and, and, were, and I think eleven wins. I'm not sure about like I don't recall Return of the King, but I think Return of the King also won eleven at the time. Titanic had tied with Ben Hur, which was the only other movie that had won eleven Academy Awards, and also uh, the other distinction the, that the movie had uh, the nomination, fourteen nominations. I think it was tied with All About Eve, which was the other movie way back in the fifties, which had um, garnered so many nominations so yeah mm. clearly the movie was a critical darling uh, when it did release okay and also a commercial which is really rare to have yes. uh, something to a, to, be that successful commercially and yet garner that sort of uh, appreciation
0: so and, and cameron's speech about being king of the world mm. is one of those really memorable academy award uh, moments True. i think what of a few could, good moment yeah you could tell it you could tell that like, the film had taken a toll on him to a point where he didn't make a movie for a while I like, don't think he made a movie for what
1: has so he made it? between Titanic and Avatar nothing nothing right? as far and as I called, for avatar he had said i'm waiting for technology to catch up with my vision mm. which sounds cocky but he did back it up so
0: yeah i mean in reality he made no movies but in but in like if you have to be extremely nitpicky about it you to talk about Ankaraj. Yes, <laughs> he was, <laughs> where he he did make the biggest, the highest opening movie of all, all in Aquaman and in Onranch. Where spoilers for Onranch, where James Cameron directs the first installment of Aquaman. Yeah, there were two documentaries in between,
1: but other than okay. that, it's Titanic and then Avatar.
0: What what are the two docs? Ghosts of the
1: Abyss and Aliens of the Deep. I think both are to do with deep sea diving. so mm. like, Titanic clearly had mm. a rub off effect on him.
0: No, he had a movie called The Abyss. That Abyss that came out much earlier than that in the eighties. That is
1: eighty nine. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he had The Abyss. So he's been obsessed with deep sea diving for a while. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> but I love Cameron's roots too. It was a truck driver, decided to take a, a course in film, became a filmmaker. What, what a, what a dude. Yeah. Why, why don't these things work out for us, man? I mean, we're not in the I mean, country the, where. The, we're, we're, A lot of that kind of privilege, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, the best we can do is come up with a podcast.
0: Yeah, and hopefully something happens. Who knows? (laughs) And on that bittersweet note, I think, yeah, I mean, if I were to sum it up, I'd say we both have had... We've had... The film holds a place in time for us because it came out at a very impressionable age for the both of Mm us. I Mm -hmm. probably am a little more fond of it because it's just what it meant to me at the time. I was like, okay, I didn't know films could be this big. And it really was one of my most memorable big screen experiences while we were growing up. I think it highlights a few specific instances for us where we were seeing things for the first time or we were understanding situations that we'd never really given thought to or hadn't seen as blatant as before. I mean, I'm trying to make it as PG as possible here.
1: But I. yeah.
0: I don't know I'm just like what if you like cinema mate I think it's just that the film holds a special place in in our hearts because it came out at a time we were at a very impressionable age we it was one of the first few actually one of the first blockbusters or the or like grand scale movies we'd ever seen we were also very taken in by the whole Jack and Rose uh, romantic equation I, f- I feel the two leads do carry this movie a lot, especially when um uh, when you have to, when there's a balance between the actor, you know, between acting and also like putting out a set piece. What was what was they that a very buoyant couple. <laughs> <laughs> and they helped keep this movie afloat. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. okay. Shame. <laughs> oh man. I mean Both you knew months. the ones were coming. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean how could we not? uh so yeah i i it's a film i haven't seen in a while but i i probably will after we're done with this podcast i might just go put it on for a bit and uh i think it's playing on hot so i might just play it for kicks and see how it's how it's aged hmm. and and yeah I, I i there's a lot of people out there who feel that it could be some sort of a rewatchable i know do do know people who've watched the film on repeated viewings i'm obviously a pre-streaming one, one, am, you, one among them. Yeah. One among them obviously, through the pre-streaming era, of course. And you did pre-streaming that's dedication. Yeah. That's, that's dedication, right? That's just like, I mean, we used to play games of, uh, based around the Titanic as children. We'd like hang off the stairs and say like, Oh, I'm hanging off the ship. Oh, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we, so we did a lot of, I mean, a lot of childhood memories are coming back and that's always a nice feeling. So, yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen the Titanic, Wow. I mean, are you, were you born? What, what in, rock have you been living <laughs> under? <laughs> yeah, this, and how did how, how did you find this podcast? Because yeah, how did you find <laughs> <us>? <laughs> Either you're really young, or you're just hopelessly lost. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I would I would say it's it's a Sunday if you've if you've got a few hours to kill and if you want to just spend it watching a ship break down and and two people mess around. Well, this is the go to place. We'll see you in next week's episode. Take care. Thank you for joining us. Oh God, can we please stop? This is one too. About. <laughs> <laughs> so they opened their big mouths, and out came talk, talk, talk.